welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Today I want to direct your attention to um, uh, the book, the books of First Timothy and Second Timothy. Uh, I am not going to do what um, one of the pastors uh, did at the church that we attended uh, in my first year of Southeastern University, then called Southeastern Bible College or Bridal College in many, many people's cases. It worked for me. And, uh, but Carl Strader was a great man of God, and often his whole sermon would be simply quoting a book. Powerful. And, um, but First and Second Timothy, keeping faith in the storm. Keeping faith in the storm. Um, how many remember Gilligan's Island? Yeah, all right. Uh, let me, let me, maybe this will help dial you in a little bit. Um, the entrance of it, um, the beginning of it, it would end with this. There was tourists and the boat was taking them out. The small ship was taking out five tourists for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. Then it goes, the weather starting getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost for emphasis. And then, then the next line is, they set ground on a tiny deserted isle. And, you know, you know that, that's the whole takeoff of the series they took off from there. Um, and the picture was, here's this, this ship maybe uh, 45, 55 feet long, and it's on this tiny deserted island, and there's two giant holes in the hulls, and there's two big rocks there. Well, Chris and I had the opportunity uh, to actually live through a Gilligan's Island-style storm. It was back on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. We were first in the ministry, and one of the men in the church who's they call him Captain Warren. His name was Warren Gallup. He had a remarkable conversion later on in life. He was about 60 at that time when we knew him. The Lord had healed him twice of cancer. as a man of great faith. And after he came to faith in the Lord, he named his boat. It was about a 50, 55-footer. He named it the Mighty Wind. And he made his living as a charter captain going out to the Gulf Stream of the Outer Banks. And where we were, uh, that was, I think, maybe 20 to 25 miles is where it would begin. And, and so he invited us. And to go with Captain Warren, that was a real privilege. He was so respected up and down the Outer Banks. And it was a beautiful day, absolutely gorgeous. We went out. We sailed out of uh, Oregon Inlet and we went, we went through the Oregon Inlet, in, in Oregon Inlet itself, which is one of the most dangerous inlets on the entire East Coast. In fact, 
right around there and on the outer banks, it's called the graveyard of the Atlantic. There are 500 major shipwrecks plus countless others that have been wrecked that they don't, they're not buried at the bottom of the sea where they would add them up. So we went out, and it was a beautiful day, and we were catching fish, and we, back then they called them dolphin. Now they call them mahi-mahi. They're absolutely just gorgeous, delicious to eat. We're having fun, and his wife, Margie, was with us, and one of his, uh, his youngest daughter was there, as Chris and myself. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this storm came up. The wind began to blow. <laughs> the seas began to get rough. And the skies turned gray, and the wind started to howl. And this is the first time in my life that I saw someone get seasick and actually turn colors, like green and yellow. And his wife Margie uh, laid down on the bottom of the boat so the winds wouldn't toss her so much. And Captain Gallant and myself were up above, up on the, the captain's deck, where it's way up there, and he can see far away. And I remember the storm was so rough that on the marine radio, there were voices calling out in fear and just, I mean, terror. And one of them that was that Captain Gallup recognized, and he said, where are you? And I'll never forget this in this calm voice. He said, follow me, follow me. And of course, uh, being from Pennsylvania, the largest boat I'd ever been in was like a 12-foot rowboat, a tin boat, aluminum boat. And he saw, I think, this fear in my eyes. And he looked at me and he said this. He said, Pastor Paul, or Brother Paul, he said, um, he said, I just want you to know this ship is built really rugged and it's weathered many storms on the Outer Banks. And I have, I have 40 years of being experience of being a captain We've never lost anyone yet. And he said, the engines that we have are strong and powerful. They won't cut out on us. And I still remember that. And then he asked for someone to bring him like an Oreo, you know, and he's calmly eating an Oreo. And I'm going, are you serious, you know? And uh, so we, but he said this. He said, my ship, my boat, my boat is not the fastest boat in the famed fishing fleet, but it is one of the surest boats. And after what seemed like an eternity, as we got to, uh, as we got to the Oregon Inlet, there was one last shoal that you have to cross over, and that's been the scene of many wrecks. And, but he timed the waves just right and the current just right, and we slid through there. And once we went underneath the bridge, the, of course, the winds died down, and it wasn't long until we were safely, safely home in the harbor, in the port. I want to talk with you for a few minutes today about keeping your faith in the middle of a storm. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I would say that you have the Church of Jesus Christ and our culture as Americans are under attack and in the middle of a huge storm that threatens to shipwreck our faith. But praise be to God, we have the opportunity today from the Word of God that we can keep our faith in the middle of the storm 
we can keep moving on and be protected and do what God's called us to do, and we don't have to be like the SS Minnow setting ground on a deserted aisle, and who knows what's going to happen to us. And I want to share some of God's Word from you today about that. We serve a fearless captain. He's called us for a purpose. And his main purpose is the salvation of all men and women, boys and girls, and to bring us safely to him and to conform his image in us We have been called to a strong ship that's weathered all the storms. And this captain knows the way, not only through the wilderness, but he knows the ways through the storms and the winds that we are encountering. And there's a reliable power source that we can tap into today. Can someone say amen? Praise God. The background of this briefly is that 1 and 2 Timothy was written to Timothy. He was a young man in the faith. Uh, And Paul reminded him, don't let anyone despise your youth. And I just want to say this, when God has a call on an individual, when God has a call on his individual, don't despise them. Don't look down on them. In fact, you know, that was the prophet Ezekiel's uh, problem. He said in Ezekiel chapter 1, when God basically said, I have big plans for you, And Ezekiel said, but you'd understand, I am but a youth, and yada, yada, yada. And God says, listen, Ezekiel, I knew you before you were born. I had plans for you. Now I want you to listen to me, and I want you to stand up, and I'm going to talk with you, and I'm going to see how you're to respond. And so what Paul did, Ephesus was a, a great, great city in the Roman Empire. It was known for its influence, for its uh, commerce, its finance. Uh, it was known for being a, a what we would call a sharp culture, uh, a with-it culture. They were known for their sense of wit. They were known for their turning of a phrase. And they were very much aware of what was in in the culture, who was in and who was out. But what happened was this, that the values of the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, the ship, if you would, had now started to have worms in the planks that were eating their way. And the winds of the current day were battering them. And Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, I want you to go Timothy, your assignment is to correct this. And during the whole book, uh, books of First Timothy and Second Timothy, there are great themes that emerge, and I want to share with three of you today that we found in, that we find in the second chapter of First Timothy, and then in the third chapter of Second Timothy. Today is described. Our day is described in Second Timothy chapter three that in the last days there would be perilous and distressing times. Church, if ever, if ever people needed the churches today, can someone say amen? Yes, amen. We, the, God's, he declared, uh, Paul declared to Timothy that the church is the main pillar, the main support of the truth of God and the bulwark of truth on this earth. We have it as we look to God's word. If ever the church needed Jesus Christ or people needed Jesus Christ, it's today and you and I have the privilege of staying open. And I understand, uh, I, I get, here's my, yeah, here's, you know, here's this deal right there. I, you can call, I don't, you can, 
I call it a lot of different things, but it's like a holster, you know, it's like, and uh, I, I just say, welcome to church now, and if you wear glasses, steamed up glasses, all right, just welcome to it, but how many are with me that we'll do whatever it takes, we'll do whatever it takes so as many people can feel comfortable getting closer to Jesus, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. All right, I'm just going to get off that subject. Thank you. All right. In fact, if, if you, you might have different opinions and they're strong, I just would direct you to Romans chapter 14. If you think your opinions are stronger and better than anyone else, Romans 14, Paul said, you who are strong, keep that between you and God but don't do anything that will cause a weaker brethren to stumble. So maybe everyone else is weaker than you are, but if you're really strong, you won't make an issue of this. Is there an amen in the house? All right, I know. You say, preacher, that's not fair. You got me. Well, maybe it is fair. All right, that's God's word. But today, the gaslighting in our present world and the cancel culture and the woke culture threatens everyone, every person, whether they call on the name of the Lord or not. You say, Pastor Paul, what's gaslighting? Gaslighting is this, and, and you don't have to look it up right now, but I would encourage you to look it up. Gaslighting is in human relationships when one party continuously shames the other party. It happens, a, most, it happens most frequently in abusive marriages. And we'll just, for instance, say a man, where a man will say, you're crazy. I think you're crazy. Your whole family's like that. I think you need psychiatric help. I, I'm not saying, wives, don't rib your husbands, all right? But I'm just saying this is the truth. It's when there's, it becomes abusive and the other person is all concerned about what the other person thinks. They lose their sense of who they are. It's called gaslighting. that if you don't do it my way, then you're nothing in my sight. You combine that with the cancel culture that we live in. The cancel culture says if you don't do what certain powerful influences, and there's a convergence of the media, there's a convergence of Hollywood, there's a con of the entertainment industry, there's a convergence many times of the educational establishment and the government and political establishment and current thought called postmodernism, if you speak other than what we think you should speak, we cancel you out. You're put on the blacklist. So much so that we find ourselves being gaslighted and as if you have values of family, some are even afraid to say who they would vote for. You're afraid to speak even God's word in, in not an offensive way, if I could, but you're afraid. The cancel, people will cancel you out. I just want to say this, that God is the antidote to that. You say, Pastor Paul, are you angry? Uh, yeah, maybe I sound a little bit angry but I'm more empowered than that. And I want to share that with you. That's what this whole thing is about. All right. So, but God's word has the answer for us. And God says, this is what God says, because the times then were a lot like they were right now. 
You could be canceled. You were gaslighted. You could be canceled because certain ones thought they were woke. How many you know, you know what woke means? That, that they have... They have the real, they really know what's going on. You just haven't arrived at that yet. Do you, do you believe in God's Word? Do you cling to your guns and your Bible? You're not woke. You're deplorable. I know that's code language, but that's the long and the short of it. You're not woke. But I'm, this is what God's Word says. You and I and every person has the opportunity to come to faith in Jesus Christ and be born again so that we can say, once I was blind, but now I see. Can someone say amen? Yeah, that's the wonderful privilege that God has called us to. So God says this, uh, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy Chapter 2, verses 3 and 6. Let's read this together. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is, this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God and the one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So the purpose that God has for you and for me and everyone that's born, we're all created in his image. First of all, is salvation and truth for all of mankind. If you want to know what the Word of God is about, what's God's purpose, why was the Bible written, the big story, the narrative, the storyline, the meta-narrative, what brings it all together is found right here that God desires, first of all, that all mankind come to salvation and to, not, and to the knowledge of the truth so that we can experience the life and the liberty of the sons of God, true freedom, forgiveness, an abundant life, living on the solid rock. And then he said, Paul wrote to Timothy, this young man, he said, Jesus was our ransom, and he paid for each one of us. Your life, my life, we're separated far from God. But he, prayed, he paid the price for each of us. Can someone say praise God? Yes. Yeah. The cancel culture, the gaslighters would say, oh, we don't believe in that stuff. How could a God have a hell? It's not how could God have a hell, that there is, but there is a hell. And God's desires for all men born in his image to be saved to know him. That's what he's about. He's the fearless captain of our salvation. Can someone say amen? It even can invade our thoughts and say, well, how could, how could God do that? I, I just, this is, there's some questions we'll ne never answer in our life or know until we see him. But Abraham, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, 
He said this because he was caught between a rock and a hard place with what God asked him to do. And there was no way out. But he said this. He said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And we entrust our souls to the judge of all the earth who said, this is what my desire is for you. We trust him to do what is right. The world needs the message of Jesus Christ. What's important right now is how we proclaim and live out the gospel. Please hear me in this. That's what's important right now. It's not nearly as important. What we say is not nearly as important as how we say it. God has called us not only to support missionaries across the the salt waters and in the continents, he's called us also to reach our own Jerusalem. Acts 1.8, that you would be filled with power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's people like us. It's all sitting here. That's in Samaria. That's to those that we don't even like. If you don't like certain people, do you know that God has called us to reach them? If certain people wear you out, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the outermost parts of the earth, and you've heard this morning in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to go to Bel Air Assembly of God. We've had to shut that place down. I'll be talking with you more about it. I've, I've been involved, uh, volunteered, sort of, well, to help out in any way I could. And how many know if you volunteer for anything in church, you're, you're, you'll probably be taken up on it. You know what I'm saying? It would break your heart. The building is good. It's solid. It's all brick. It's been flooded out. There's a parsonage there. I've started talking to the neighbors. This is what God has put in my heart, that we can't let that place be shut down and sold, sold for $200,000 lots here in the middle of Bel Air. We don't need more houses. We need more houses of prayer and worship reaching their communities. That's what we need. So I started to talk the other day with some of the staff, and they said, well, Pastor Paul, what if, what if Grace, you know, we're called Grace of Bel Air. What if Grace could take over that place? It's shut down, and we could have an outreach center, and we could serve the underserved and the poor because there's poor even in Bel Air. All the poor out on the other side of Route 40. And how we proclaim and what we do in this day when truth is up for grabs validates what we have to say. The purpose of our faith, the Great Commission is our greatest calling. I want to challenge you this morning. I was reading an article about the Home Depot founder, and he said the most important question to ask the members of your organization, in that case the Home, Home Depot He said, is this, is this place worthy of your life? And church, I want to challenge you today that that we say, yes, Lord, you're calling to reach all men, all women with the gospel, that they could be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth is worthy of our life. It's worthy of our life. The second thing that Paul said is, He said that, first of all, 
And this is how Paul writes. You talk about the syntax of, and his sentences. Oh, my goodness. Paul writes in the original Greek, listen to this. There's some sentences that take a whole page. And he's so brilliant. He's not into bullet points. He just said the most important thing that God has the salvation of all men. They come to the knowledge of the truth. And then in verse 1 he says, but first of all, first of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. We need a reliable engine to get through this storm, and prayer is that reliable engine. It was okay when we were fishing out on the Gulf Stream. We didn't need to be under power. The current the current in the Gulf Stream, the Gulf Stream. How many has ever been in the Gulf Stream, by the way? It's gorgeous. The blue. Oh, and you can see down so far, the current will carry you along and the fish are waiting there. But when the storm comes up, you need power. We need power. And what God's Word says is this. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And Paul said, church, first of all, Timothy, first of all, I urge and he goes between urging and demanding that prayers be made behalf of all men, all men. And I want to encourage you that prayer has great power with God. There is no power, there is no power that we can connect in unless we're people of prayer. I, that's why on Wednesday nights we're, we're meeting together to pray, to intercede, to worship together. Wednesday nights, be here, 7 o'clock, join us. Uh, God wants to build this ship. He wants our ship to be strong and under his power. It comes from prayer to the Lord. Then he goes on to say, pray for kings and leaders and government all in authority. And he talks about making requests for them. Is your child away from God? Pray and make requests. People that are in authority right now, in the government, do you like them? You like some of them? You like all of them? Don't like any of them? What's your answer? A, B, or C? D is it really doesn't matter what you and I think. He said, pray for kings and those in authority with thanksgiving. And he was writing to a church that was in the Roman government that had delivered Jesus Christ over to be crucified, that would saw Christians in half and throw them to the lions. He said, my word, this is my word to the church. Church, our prayers have great effect with God. Can someone say amen? If we don't pray for this world, who will pray for this world? It's the antidote. Do you find yourself getting angry? Yeah, I, I find myself getting angry with some of the shenanigans going on. Ask Chris, you know, ask her. But what I found that when we pray, there's a sweet spirit that begins to, there's a, there's a spirit of wisdom and understanding that begins to come that must we must have to point Jesus to 
people to Jesus because Paul went on to say there is one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus, and he paid the ransom for all. And when we pray, we have the heart of God, and it affects our lifestyle to point people to the Lord. The third thing, I'm going to have the band come. Not only do we need power and purpose, knowing where we're going, salvation and safety and power, but we need protection. The boat has to be strong, strong, strong. A few weeks ago, I told you about a boat that I wanted to buy. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. The engine, oh my goodness, so good. Oh, Lord, it can, we're going almost full out. And you can still have a conversation on the boat. It was wonderful. And we started to hit those waves, and I thought that thing was going to fly apart on us. We got back, and I said, I'm sorry, but it's not, it's not for me. I intend to take this thing out, not for a pleasure cruise, but I intend to get in some places if the storm comes up, protection. And Paul wrote this. It's about the Word of God. He said, in the last days, evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. Their point is to deceive, and they are deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. You, however, church, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings. Can someone say amen? Which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Because all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate thoroughly equipped for every good work. Praise God. Amen. God's Word, friend, is the antidote for the spirit of this age of deception. Uh, it's the plumb line so that we're equipped for every good work, for raising our kids, for how to be a good neighbor. This morning, I was downstairs and just praying, and all of a sudden I hear Chris laughing, my wife laughing, and she's chuckling. She said, Paul, you've got to see this, what's on the front lawn. And I went out there. Uh, where's Amber? Bobby. The remix had been there, and my lawn was littered with I don't know how many fam jam signs from April 1. Uh, whoever did this, I want to know. Just rate, were you in on that? Come on. There you go. All right. Uh, no apple cider and apple cider donuts for him right back there. All right. And what they did, it was a spoof that said, vote Jesus 2020. And I thought, yeah. I was, oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful the Word of God has 
instructed me how to live as a good neighbor. Can someone say amen? Amen. And I want to encourage you. Look, we've got an important election coming up, several elections. Church, you need to go to God's Word. You need to go to God's Word. You need to scratch a little bit deeper than whether you like somebody or not. You need to find out what's going on, find out what they stand for, read the party plank, and then say, hold it. Is this what God's Word says? Let the Word of God guide us. Can someone say amen? Amen. That If we don't, who will? And then continue on in what you've learned. We will keep the faith and the storm, and we're going to get home, praise God. And one day we're going to have a we're going to have a feast in heaven, and maybe mahi mahi will be on the main course. I don't know, be part of it. But I want to just give you one final thing before we close. How many know what this is? Anyone know what this is? This is a boating, not accessory, necessity. Pastor Paul, what are you talking about? You've talked about captains. You've talked about strong boats. You've talked about reliable engine. Chris, do you know what this is? Sheena's, of course she knows what this is. I want to end with this. We're in the Ozarks. And I persuade, Chris doesn't like to be in boats. At least, uh, we're not going to go there. But anyway, I persuade her, a beautiful day. I back down the ramp, deliver my boat, and oh, I'm, it's going to be so nice to, there's no wind, it's, the sun's out, and I probably even had a fishing rod just in case, you know. And I come back down from my vehicle. She says, Paul, there's water in the boat. It's coming up. I forgot one little detail, the plug. I had to get over, get way in the water, feel around for that crazy thing and stick it in and go like this. Then the bilge pumps gave it time to empty it out. Church, one thing is important right now and that's keeping our faith in Jesus Christ. Staying strong. Staying strong. Put the plug in. Plug in takes from plugging in. He keeps that out and keeps Jesus in. Praise his name. Amen. Now I want to pray for you and in just a moment we're going to, we're going to end this, uh, this part. There's going to be prayer teams. I want to ask the prayer teams if you'd come right now. Uh, church, would you stand with me? There's a couple things that are here. First of all, if you, uh, if you, if you want prayer today, I urge you just to come and and have prayer. We have what we're doing. Um, we're, we're having household family members, so there will be couples, household family members on the prayer team uh, to my right and to my left. And you'll notice as you get up there, there's even tape on the floor where to stand. But there's no distance with God's prayer. No distance. You need prayer today, and what we're going to ask you to do. So. You can, you can take your mask off just so they can hear you. How many hear what I'm saying? Say what, you're, what, what prayer you need. I'm going to ask you just to keep the mask on. People are going to pray for you. 
you're online with us, live stream. Uh, we'll continue live streaming for another, I don't know, five or ten minutes. We have prayer hosts there. Tell them what your prayer request is. If you're here today and you want to know Jesus Christ, you want to be saved, you want to be saved, say, I want to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Would you just lift your hand right now? Just lift it wherever you are. Thank you, Diane. Or others this morning. Yes. Okay, let me pray for you. And then we're going to uh, dismiss this part of this. Daniel will continue ministering. You're welcome to hang out. Uh, come for prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, first of all, for your word that instructs us. We thank you that your desire above all else is for all of us to come to salvation in Jesus Christ and to the knowledge of your truth. We thank you for the church that we could be part of, the greatest endeavor in all the world. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. God, I pray that we would avail ourselves, give it a, a spirit of prayer, and we thank you for your word. Lord, it makes a strong, strong, strong mind and soul. I ask that you protect each one. And we just love you now. We take your word with us. We go in the strong name of Jesus, Lord, remembering what we do as your witness is way more important than words alone. By the grace of God, let's go in his name. God bless you as you go greet each other. We thank you. God bless you. Amen.